I think Roxa needs to take a bitch out. The dude's just, he's, he's, he might be, he might be my brother. Hell, I don't know. He's got so many of these things. He might be Eli Stewart. Who knows? But he's definitely his too. What's up, guys? You know who it is. It's your boy, James Stewart. And you know where we at? We're at the Rerun Show, baby. Round two. Wait. Round. No. Round three? Wait, this is what. What number comes between two and four? Beetlejuice. 25. They were racing at a new stadium. So let's go watch them race at a new stadium like we always do. Let's get into it. It was for a lot of these guys, they had an extra week of riding or, you know, just just more time. You know, you usually try to get out there and get the first race out of the way. So now it's like having a buy in football. You know, you get the first one out of the way, have a little break and then you can work on the things and you show up at this one. So I, I you tell like these guys are more re- relaxed. Everybody just looked more at ease. And ironically, the guy who dominated the first race looked even better second race by the things that he was doing and how he was riding, um, you know, and the results were the same with him. So the last couple of years at round two, it's been more like Anaheim, you know, where it's more of a baseball stadium. And this year they're in the football slash soccer stadium where it's a little bit more traditional, a supercross, more like the Georgia Dome back when they had that, the, the, the bigger footprint. But the track was to me was a, uh, it was based a lot of 90s, a lot of short rhythm sections, and it seemed like they had more room to work with. Um, there was a lot of open floor space in there, but nonetheless, the track looked like you can get like a, a good, if you could turn, you can get a good rhythm around it um, and all that. But you had to set up corners, corners before how you enter one section, it set up three corners for later. So I thought the dirt looked pretty good. It was not the traditional San Diego as far as like when I raced it, super hard, kind of shiny, slippery. Actually, looked like I had some traction to it. Got a few ruts. But the, the, it was a weird part with the start not being the longest. And, and usually when you think of football stadiums, you think of a long start. Um, it wasn't super long, but it had like this weird like off camber kind of, you know, turn when you came out the first corner. It had like a little knoll on it. And I think it was a backside of a – a berm or, or whatnots and, or, or something. It was, it was a landing or a backside, but it, it was one of the first times I'd seen that. And I thought there'd be more problems and issues of guys falling over in the first corner than what it was, uh, except for that main event, 250 class, when you had guys like flipping, 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 and getting drugged around. But it was pretty good. But overall, track lended to itself to you had to get a good start. Well, that brings me to my next point. My brother wrote good. The fever was hot. And I told Cole this last week, um, last time we filmed it, that I wouldn't be surprised if Malcolm came out the next race and won on there. And I knew he was hurt, but I knew he was able to ride during the week. And obviously they they didn't race at Oakland, so he had another week off. But I saw enough to know that, like, it's just going to be a hurdle, a mental thing, pressure, and dealing with that just like each and every one of these guys are going to have to deal with it. And so I felt like, all right, he just had a bad race. You know, um, you know, people probably wasn't expecting that much from him because he just had this off race. He was hurt. And this was going into Oakland, but he had a little bit more time. But still, nonetheless, I felt like with that being said, you come into it as like a guy being sick. You know, you're not really expecting him to be at his best. And that's usually when they perform the best. 
um, a little bit less pressure. So I wouldn't be surprised if he actually came on one. And he wrote good in practice. He was a fast qualifier. Um, he won his heat race in a different way than I've ever seen him win. And that was, it was good. It was good to see. And it's those building blocks of, you saw as he went through his heat race, somebody who started believing. And even in the main event, um, where he started, he got a bad start. But then when he crashed, I think he was like a couple of positions behind Eli. He actually moved his way up pretty quick. That's a person that's starting to believe. Now, still, the, the next hurdles, once he gets there, he's going to have to, like, finish it off. But you could just see he's believing that he, he thinks he belongs up front. And so when he came up to the heat race, I think that um, that you could see every lap. Like, he's like, damn, all right, Roxon, he's still right there on there. And he just came through it, and he charged his way. Just like Eli passed Cooper with aggressive, like, with authority. Like, I belong. Like, you belong behind me. And it was cool to watch him see that. And so just how he rode at Anaheim 1, and then I thought he rode one of the best I've ever seen him ride last weekend from practice to just the way he looked on the motorcycle. It was good. Now, he went down not once, not twice. I don't know, he fell a few times in the main event. They didn't show the, the crash live. And so as you're watching this, we, we only catch, like, the part where he's, you know, going off the double. And from the looks of it, Malcolm, I think Malcolm had to do one of two things. Either he went single into that corner or he doubled, but he overshot the landing. Because if you watch where they start, where Malcolm is, as soon as they show the camera where they have it paused, Malcolm's farther out than anybody else. So Malcolm's farther out than Roxon. He's farther out than that race line. And what happens where he's at is actually you get that loose dirt kind of kicked up. So where those guys, if they were going double, they were actually catching that rut at a hard pack and then doubling up over that. The bike's not spinning. Malcolm's right on, you know, a line or two outside of that main line. So he's farther, taking off farther on the outside than the rest of those guys, which you would think that means if he's taken out farther, then he, and he's still able to double it because he straightens up you would think he would be better off where if you're inside, you're going to kind of jump more outside and you'll be closer to a bell. But Malcolm's on the outside or outside of that whole thing. So he's spinning. And when he lands, he's straight. And the, the, the difficult part, and if, if you're not a racer, this is kind of difficult to explain, but I'm going to try to explain it as best I can. Where Roxon in the main line was, you go from that inside, you double, you catch that rut and you, you kind of continue turning as you're going back up so the whole way to get through that section to go double triple you're kind of still turning all the way through it or you're leaning your back because you don't want to jump off the hay bale you don't jump off the track well malcolm was outside so he started farther out than roxon he jumps in there i believe he jumps in and he's more straighter than he has been because he started on the outside which was allowing him to be farther inside if that makes sense and he goes off that next jump, and he's basically, instead of kind of continuing and realizing the way, if you go inside, the way that rut kind of hooks back, everybody was going double and then hooking back on there. He's straighter, so what he does, he catches the rut going off the face. He's moving straight, so he's, he, he's not angled like he would have been if he would have started farther inside. And he almost gets cross-rutted to where like his back tire falls into that rut and it straightens him up even more. And that's why when you see Malcolm, 
usually when you see somebody who crashes and they jump on the hay bale, like it's pretty close to where they throw a foot out and they might be able to get it. But with Malcolm right here, he knew as soon as he, when the bike, uh, his rear tire falls in that rut and he kind of gets crossed right, he jumps and he's literally like on top of the hay bale. Like he's not like a, you know, a half an inch. He's already out. And if you look where he landed at, he lands basically in the middle of the hay bales on there. And so part of that was how he entered that corner, which they don't show, but you can tell where they, they started at. He overjumped that. He, oh, he missed his landing spot and he still doubles it. And so a part of that, the being on the outside of that rut, spinning in that loose stuff, and then the angle it was for him not being in a normal line and the way that rut kind of had a hook back to it, he hits that rut straight and it just, his back tire falls in that. And that's why you saw him land so far on the outside of the corner, uh, outside of the, on the hay bales compared to being like super close. And so all that started from whatever happened for him to be on the outside in the beginning part of that rhythm section. And then, like I said, if you see it, when they started, look where he's at, look where Roxon's at. And then he's actually straighter going off that triple than anybody else. And then he just back tire falls in there and it just sends him right into the, the actual middle part of the hay bale. He wasn't even close. And he actually was lucky that the only way he would have saved that is if he would have been even farther out, he would have been able to jump over the hay bales or um, maybe he would have been a rider, but he would, he was done. He, that's why he was in the middle of the hay bales when he landed. So just a racing thing. And, you know, as a rider, you're, you're bummed because you're like, damn, like the worst is hitting the hay bale and crashing on your own. Nothing's around you, but Malcolm's problem started from whatever happened in that rhythm section to throw him on the outside and he ends up going down. And that's why you saw him so far out. So, um, you know, it happens. I've done it. I cost me a championship, 2006 Dallas out front by myself, laying on the hay bale, just like Malcolm did, lost the championship. Those three points, I ended up losing the championship by two. So, you know, it happens, but the fever, it was hot this weekend. So he got it. What you saw was guys that could get a start, kind of just stay where they're at. Like, I, I don't think Justin Barsha was necessarily the third fastest person, but the way to track Linda itself, you had to go in there and bump them. And the funny thing is, we talked about it during outdoors, what makes Justin Justin is also what hurts him at the same time, what hurts him, and then also what helps him at the same time. And for instance, this race, I think if Justin didn't have that, like you sniff or you breathe next to me, I might knock you down, you know, history that he probably would have got passed by Chase. He would probably got passed by um, Ken because they, they were faster, at least Ken was. Uh, but you saw when Ken went in there and made that pass, he didn't want to touch Justin. Justin came in and almost was like not really giving up on it, but his presence of being around Ken made Ken go even farther outside than what he should. And then Justin got by by him and then Justin stayed there. So um, these are the things that I say, if you take that away from Justin and make him like someone who's not like he would get zoomed past, like he wouldn't even be able to raise. And so I didn't think anything he did this weekend was, you know, dirty. I heard the the tweet around what Cole just told me, that tweet that Jason, uh, I said that tweet, whatever. The tweet, the tweet that Jason texted, people, what kind of society that we are in? I'm like, I'm not going to excuse this, that in between a race, like we tweeting, like we, we, we tweeting now. The information from what I hear and you listen to the press conference, which we did, 
And Justin's like, whoa, whoa, like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but no, he, um, yeah, I don't know what the story is, honestly. It's really, he, yeah, it's not very much fun. But it had me confused. It was kind of like the, you know, Bogle incident in Barsha. And ironically, in San Diego, in the same place, like, there's just some smooth stuff going on. I don't know if, you know, Barsha's learning from Bogle, because that was a smooth thing. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm up on the podium. What are you talking about? Like, I didn't that, that, you know. And apparently, Jason sends the tweet, call him a biatch, like cool biatch or something like that. And I didn't think the takeout was that bad. And I was confused. Like, wait, didn't J- did Jason get taken out or what? Because why would Jason pull Barsha over and yell at him? And that's the way it came off us. Who knows? So who knows? So the story doesn't really make sense. It doesn't really make sense. It's coming out my work because I'm thinking about it and I don't even know what it makes sense. But apparently none of it makes sense. And Justin was smooth criminal part two. The way he was, he was like, I don't know. All I know is that I'm on the box and he's not. I don't know what you want to talk about. I'm a new person born again. I ain't getting into that. Even though I'm going to take that bitch out next week and I'll tell you that much. I don't know. I did say the people that started up front stayed up front. Apparently for the couple people that started up front and went way back. And that's what, you know, Cole, when we came in, he asked me, he was like, hey, you know, what happened with Adam and, and, and Colt? And I was golfing this weekend, people, so I, I couldn't make the main event um, live. And I couldn't pay attention. So I was looking at certain things that we could talk about on the recap show. And I paid attention to Adam. In my opinion, I thought Adam wrote good. I thought Adam wrote better this weekend than he did at the first weekend. I thought Adam, I, I never even thought twice that like he started up front and ended up in seventh or whatever it was. I thought the issues maybe with arm pump and how Adam's riding, that he was going to do exactly what he did. And that's why it went through my head and out my head. I never really thought any difference besides like, whoa, in five minutes, he's still kind of there. Like he didn't drop off. Like it's apparently like what I was thinking that he would. And when you look at Adam, he doesn't, you can tell he's easing his way into it. Like, he does not race those guys. Like, he's going to hold shot. If he pulls away, he's going to pull away. They pass him, they're going to pass him. Adam's in it right now to just build confidence, and that's what I was watching him. Like, he just looked consistent. Those guys are faster. Those guys are racing to win. Adam's racing to race right now. And I think for him, that's big. I think that's exactly what he needs to do. So I thought Adam did exactly what he should have, and he actually rode pretty good. Eli Tomac, Cooper Webb. Barsha, Ken Roxon, you know, even my brother, even though he was jumping off the track, doing all those things. We'll touch that in a second. Those guys are racing to like win or, you know, compete. And I'm not saying Adam isn't doing that, but you got to realize Adam was off all last year. Adam's been hurt a lot. And so he needs to get his wheels rolling. And then that's exactly what he did. Colt, I don't know what happened to him. Colt 45 was there. They, they went to the store and they didn't have the Colt 45. I don't know. But and since Colt's building just kind of like Adam in a different way. He was off all last year. And I thought at Anaheim 1, he wrote good. And the fact is, like, he, I actually think he's going to get rolling to the point where he'll be a top five guy before the end of the season. I, I see that in Colt the, when I watch him ride. Like, I, I actually see a lot of potential. So I think the Honda, the, the camp, and Colt, they'll be fine. 
Um, I'm not sure exactly what happened to him in the main event, but I see enough to know that he's going to be a top five guy by the end of the season for sure. Um, I even predict that he'll end up getting a podium before the end of the season. So he'll be good. So let's talk about the top five. And I'll start at the front. Eli, I, I wore this shirt because just alien-like, just next level. You can't even say anything. I'm not even going to spend much time on the dude. Not even spend much time. People, he looks good. He looks good. And when you when you think of tracks and you think of how Eli was in the past, like we always thought like, you know, just blowing out stuff, you know, just his momentum, his corner speed, you know, how he gets in the zone, you know, he get in the toe flow, the, the, the flow zone. This track was like opposite of that. It was super tight, technical. And what I noticed with him, he looks even lighter on the bike than he did last year. And I think they made the Yamaha skinnier even this year. And people were saying that he went to the Yamaha because it was a little bit more wider than, you know, other bikes and, and whatnots. And um, so when when you watch Eli Rod, just and I said this in the past, and he, when he got in a roll on the Kawasaki sometimes, like you can just look when you in rhythm section, just look how he moves around in the motorcycle, just moves around. And last week I touched about when he touches the whoops and how his bike reacts and how it just springs. Everything's so s- subtle and soft. This weekend, the way this track was, like, if you can land and pivot and get in and out of those 90-degree corners, even the 180s, like, there were so many switchbacks. If you can go up and cut down and be coming out on the inside to set up so you can go back to the outside, like, to angle your whole, angle this whole racetrack, um, you can create speed. And when you think of Eli, you think of just wide open and just getting in that zone, just railing outside. It was the opposite. And what I noticed with this new bike in this year, he looks so nimble to where picture a guy riding a BMX. You, you see guys pump tracks, right? Or you see guys like the BMX, Dave Mirrors back in the day, rest in peace, my brother. Uh, guys like that, you know how they like they jump and they're just always kind of like move, like they can just twist the bike whenever they want. Like they're, the bike can go this way and they'll just be sitting on. That's how Eli's riding. So with this racetrack, you could just see him going down in rhythm sections and kind of moving wherever he wanted to go. Um, and you could tell as a rider, it's really nimble. So what Eli was really good at was down that long rhythm section when he was going like three, three, four, and maybe three in the corner, two in the corner. He was able to double or triple in that corner, stop, turn really quick, and then double out again. And they were going two, three, and two into the corner. Then they turned and did a triple. He was so quick there on there it was it was crazy and it was cool to see that and Eli was in and out all the corners super fast when Eli got in second and he passed Cooper on that switchback it was that same section go two three two triple and he lands off that triple and he comes in and he blitzes past Cooper on that dragon's back that's the difference that I see with Eli all all year long like just that just burst of speed. It can get in and out of corners pretty quick. And one of the guys that are super good at that is Cooper Webb. Like you say, he's super low and all that. But you just watch Eli around his corners, and especially this track, how in and out and precise he was. And he actually caught Cooper off guard right there. Like he just kind of goes around in and out of that corner, and he just piled, like just bulldozes through those, that dragon's back, bike settles, da, 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 passes him, stops, and then the race is gone. And then Again, that's what I see. And I said I wasn't going to touch a lot on him, 
but I touched a lot on him. And I just think for all of us on there, you're, you're just watching a motorcycle and a rider really come into one. And it's been a while since I've seen a, a guy that's won everything he did like he did last year and then come into season and just really just look at ease better than everybody else and as dominant as he has uh, for a while. I mean, you had Ryan Dungey, Bill Poto, like myself, but we always still, you, you get into the beginning part of the season and, and, and you're, you're, even though you might win, you're still trying to kick it in gear. Well, 2007, I was, I was pretty damn good. I, you know, I, was, I came in the season, you know, ready to go, but we also did have those wall races. But when I watch Eli, I, he definitely, I don't know if he elevated his style or the team and the bike has just gotten that much better, but he's elevated it's the way he is a rider and the confidence that this dude was just rolling with. You could just tell the way he rides on his bike, transitions, the way he just looks. He just looks like he knows he's going to beat your ass. Damn, that shit good. That's the way it is. And there's no worries. You know, the one thing I will say about Eli's bike, um, how nimble it is. I did see a couple of knives in there. And sometimes when a bike gets too nimble, you get those quick tucks. So the way the way he's riding, that BMX kind of effect, when I look at, okay, if you said the first race, how technical that was, it would probably be good to have a light bike with all the ruts so you can move around, get insides, and, you know, because Anaheim was pretty gnarly. And then this track, it was super tight. So we might be looking at a case of out of the first two races, and I don't know if I really believe this, but this could be a possibility of why he looks so good. The way his bike is set up and the way he looks, I would say these two, these first two races would be perfect for those motorcycles. Like it'd be perfect for a bike that turns really good, a bike that's light, you know, a mud race. You got to be able to be nimble and move around this race with all these nineties and these, you know, triple turn, triple turn, triple turn. Like you got to be um, nimble. So, Hopefully, if I'm these other riders, I'm hoping that's the case. I just think when you won as much as he has, it doesn't really matter because whether that is the case or not, like he's believing that he is good, he's better than everybody else. So it might be the case, but it's giving him confidence. So I don't like I, it might watch itself, but I would say even with Cooper, he's really good at turning and the, the how what makes him cooper and then in the places that they specialize in the way eli bike is i would say the top two the tracks have set up pretty well for them these first two races but with these guys when you watch champions you look at body movements and you look at the way they look on the the racetrack look in their eyes people look in the eyes i could tell one of my sons one looks like this the one looks like this i know which one the racer i already know i can just tell in his eyes so when you look at these guys, it doesn't matter if the bike is set up, the track is set up. They believe in what they're doing, and that's a problem for everybody else. Out of all the people that's racing him, the one person that I would say that doesn't really care about that is the guy that is in second. And the guy that I don't think a lot of people saw being as good as he has been um, this early, or especially after what he had last year, is Cooper Webb. Cooper Webb does not care about any of that because you know why? Because Cooper Webb's never been that fast. So he's never been worried about somebody being faster than him. This is the guy that gets 15th in practice and comes out and still wins the main event. This is the guy that gets smoked in the heat race 
and still comes out and runs you down at the end of the race on there. So as I say, I don't think Cooper cares about being fast. I know Cooper cares about being fast. And I, and I know as any rider, like you want to be the fastest, but it doesn't break him. Where other guys, it, you can have other things happen. Like if practice doesn't go good, like they can be broken. If they're not the fastest or they don't dominate the heat race, they, it, it affects them where Cooper isn't. So if I'm Eli Tomac, out of all the people I got to race, he's the one guy that I say is kind of immune to how good Eli is right now. Like he is the guy that I still think he might have a problem with. You know, no matter how good he is, he Cooper's still going to be there because he doesn't really crash. You know, like he, he he's not like a off and on rider. Last year was last year, but he's always been pretty consistent. And as we say, as the race goes on, as the season goes on, he gets stronger. Cooper looked better this weekend than he did last weekend. Cooper was faster in practice this weekend than he has been in a while. So I would say he's starting to build and he's starting to believe and as dominant as Eli's been, Cooper's has been like right there. And I would say he's just visually, Eli looks great. But like when I'm, I'm just impressed with Cooper as I am with Eli from the turnaround and the way that KTM looks. Even Plessinger looks good. I mean, he wasn't up front, but even he looks good on there. So I think KTM and, and Cooper, they're definitely on the right track. And, um, you know, hopefully we can continue going because I think us as fans, I think out of all the people, he's the one guy that is immune to how good Eli is right now. He's still going to be there. And so if I'm Eli Tomac, I'm like, damn, like, damn, two-time champ is back. But you know what? I'm pretty good myself. So he'll be all right. Barsha, he finished third. Last weekend, he was jumping his ass off the track. This weekend, he was jumping his ass on top of the podium, getting knocked down, in fact. Having this smooth criminal 2.0, right? I don't know what's happening, but he rode good. And as I was saying before, besides, you know, Adam and, and Nichols, the guys that started up front kind of stayed up front. And it was kind of hard to make your way up just because of the way the track was. I mean, these all these guys are good. So when you have this kind of speed, like you you gotta jump on guys when you can. Um, but Justin, what makes Justin is Justin. Ken should have beat him. Maybe Chase should have beat him. But they didn't. Why? Because Justin's Justin. And all that st- being said, he rode good. He rode good. Maybe it's a shout out to my French connection, Eric Sorby, working with him. Who knows? But Justin looked good. He looked really good. Track lended itself to him, but Justin lended himself to Justin. And Justin was able to ride out and outride everybody else on there. The past history people helped Justin get that podium. Props to you, brother. Props to you. Way to come back. I thought Ken looked better this weekend. I saw a video of him kicking his bike forever in the whoops. On there. So maybe he was just tired of all that. But he rode good. You know, I thought he looked just as good as he did at the first race. Um, you know, he looked he looked good. You know, I think Ken's still building. Um, I, I, I think what, if I'm Ken, we keep it real here, people, we keep it real, right? I, I just feel like when I'm watching him and, and, and Ken's has some, some streaks and, and this is, this is not a knock. This is what I see when I was 
said what I said about him in outdoors is because I believe in that because I'm a fan. I know this kid is good. But what I said when he got passed by Chase at Hangtown, what did I tell you? I said perspective. It's not the fact that Chase beat you or passed you. It's how he did it on there. And what that said to Chase every time he gets around you and everybody else, they just think you're going to roll over. And they're not going to fear you. You know, they're not going to worry like he should have ran them in on that. Just let them know you ain't going to do this. I sense with Ken, it's a new team, new year. He's here for a long, long haul. And that's a good thing because we want him in here all year long. But I also feel like that hurts Ken in the sense uh, they don't fear him. I'm going to keep it real. They don't fear him at all. And that hurts him. They fear Cooper, even though Cooper might not be as fast as him. They fear Justin. They fear Anderson. They fear Eli. But they don't fear Ken. They don't. On there, you can tell by the way they ride against him. Like, nobody's really worried about him coming in there and taking him out. You know? I mean, damn, he almost ran off the track with uh, Barsha. But a lot of people either almost run off the track or he runs them off the track. But that's racing. That's racecraft. And I'm not condoning violence i'm not saying that i'm not saying he you know what justin how he rides that's the way you should ride but there's something to be said about how you race people and how other people view you on there like come on people did you really have justin getting third place this weekend i don't think so did you have justin like being up there you know battling with cooper whatnots and then outrunning ken holding off chase holding off the rest of them like i don't think anybody had that coming on there like, we saw him whole shot last weekend, and we felt like he was holding up the race. You know, and he jumped off the track. But this weekend, he rode, and he, he was third, third guy, like he was. And it wasn't because he was third fastest. No, it was because his history and what, like, other riders think. And I always say this on the show, is that perspective and what people think of you is a big thing. And I think as good as Roxon is, and as talented as this kid is, what used to make me worried about him when I didn't know him, when I raced him, is that I didn't know this dude on there. I didn't, I didn't know his weaknesses. I didn't know his strong. So it made me scared of him on there. And not scared of him in the sense of like, oh, man, I, I just, you, you're unsure. So these guys feel like they know this cat on there. They know he ain't going to run in there. I think Roxon needs to take a bitch out. I really do. Because, let's be honest. He ain't going to win the championship anyway. Like, and I don't, I hope this doesn't come off in the wrong way. Cause Ken, you know, I'm a fan, dude. You know, I'm here. But as I'm sitting here watching, like if you're really in here to win, if you, you want to make a splash, then you need to send a message. You're not, you need to shoot multiple hostages. You need to show these cats that like, not only am I here to be here, I'm here to race and win. And I'm, I'm, as much work and as, as much effort as that team is putting in, much training and all the different things in his program that I know Ken is working for, if the, these other guys, they, they're not with you through Monday through Friday and seeing all the effort and all the training that you're doing, everything that you're doing to heal your body, they just see you on Saturday night. And they know, like, hell, I can go outside. He ain't going to do nothing to me. And I think, like, it just obsoletes everything else that you do. And so a part of what makes Eli so dangerous is that people see it in his eyeballs. They see, like, damn, he believes he is good. And, like, I just know that he can turn it up when he wants to with Cooper. 
And I say that, say this. Point being told is Justin Barsha. Justin Barsha. He wrote his way to third because he is good, people. He is good. But he wrote his way to third because what Ken thought of Justin. That's facts. That's facts. That's why Anderson was calling bitch and all this stuff, getting AMA. And he was the one, he knocked dude down and had AMA come over and, and try to get him out. What, I mean, what story is this? But it's, it's the perception, people. And so my point is, is that as much work as Ken's putting in, like he will not win the championship. And I don't even know if, I mean, really in this back of his head, if he's trying to do that, I believe he is. But it won't happen because until he starts being aggressive and in it, or shows that like he can hold shot and just run off from these guys like he used to in the past. And I think a part of that, I still think he can. But I think it's a belief that he has to mentally build that up. And that just it doesn't take it takes time. It takes time. But I think in the meantime, um, he got to start showing something on there. Otherwise, he's going to be battling with Justin and in, in this you know, third to like eighth place every single weekend. And that's just what it is. And that ain't because he's the third to eighth place guy. It's because those guys are going to race him. Like they, they, they're going to race him like they race Colt Nichols. They're going to race him like they're racing Adam right now. And they know, they know where both of those guys are at. And they know when they get healthy, maybe Adam does show something that Adam can hold shot and just run off from him. Maybe Colt does start getting there and, you know, Colt 45, somebody who knows, but right now, like they just, there's no fear. And I just, I believe that was the third place for Ken to take all day long, you know? And I think that would have been great for his team. That'd have been great for Ken, but it was a fourth place. And it was fourth place because he wasn't the fourth best rider. It was fourth place because I don't think anybody, like the guy that you're racing against didn't even care, right? And then we had Chase Sexton. Now, Chase is, yeah, Chase is, it's just two rounds in, two, three rounds. Way you look at the calendar, I don't know, two or three rounds. I said at the first race, I think things went wrong in the heat race. He didn't dominate the heat race like he maybe thought he should have. Got his first win here last year. Well, not here because they in a new stadium again. But in San Diego. So you would think he would come in. I think track was a pretty good track for him. You know, um, technical rider. Could set up well. He goes down in the heat race. Oh, Sexton goes sideways. Oh. Boom. Oh. oh. Goes down. Gets his gas tank smashed, by the way. I've never seen that. Just smashed. But hell, it happened. Pushed his bike off. Wasn't faster than practice. The fever was. Mookie fever was hot. He was hot. He was hot in the heat race. But then he, he gets knocked down. You know, uh, just. Oh, yeah, he got barshed. He got Bam Bam. Oh, well. Like, I don't know. Like, that, that was a, the way the track was. I don't really see any of those passes, like, bad, right? Even the one of me takes out Chase. I actually think what Jason did to Barsha was actually a, a race pass, a nice one. What Barsha did to Chase, I think, like, if you're moving up, well, mate, hey, sometimes you got to move somebody out the way. Like, I mean, shoot, if somebody's ahead of you and you want to move up, there's really only one way to get them, right? You, you got to either move them out of the way. You got to get around them somehow. And the way the track was, it's set up to those type of passes. So I don't even think what Justin did was like Barsha-like. I think that was an aggressive race pass. Somebody that says, you know what? I want to be on the podium. You smell that? I smell the box. 
And that's what he wanted. And Chase was in his way. So he had to move on his way in the discussion. Chase came up, caught him, and then just stayed there. Now, it is the second race and Chase will win. Like, I mean, he's good enough. But I, I thought he looked better last year on there. Um, but maybe he's just trying to get in the flow of things. The problem with him is that the guys that he didn't have to run through last year, like the Cooper Webb, you know, and, and, and Ken, he was there last year, but he's still, he's still building. The field is deeper. But I think he's going to have a problem with Cooper Webb. And then the way Eli is, Eli's just looking good. So Chase will hold shots some races and, and run off. But they're, they're the difference of what I think he was expecting, he was very quiet in the offseason. Um, I didn't hear a lot from him. And I think the confidence that he felt like was from outdoors going into this year, um, I think he expected to be better than what he was these first couple races. And these first couple races, he looked like he didn't look like a guy that, from what I see, that if he would have a whole shot, he would have won anyway. Um, but maybe he's easing his way into it, you know? And again, this ain't a knock, just like it ain't knocked to Ken or any of these guys. I'm just looking at two guys right now, Cooper Webb and Eli Tomac. Jason's having some bad luck, whatever. Um, and El Hombre, he'll be back. I'm fine. Certain guys, when you watch at, when you watch them, you, you just, you don't get worried. Like, I don't get worried about Jason. Like, I don't know. Just certain, his personality, I just don't worry. Like, he can have this, and he can win next weekend, and I wouldn't be shocked. But certain guys dictate themselves on how they look, how they feel, how they, the gear looks, you know, how smooth it is. And not saying Chase is that way, not saying he ain't that way, but... When I'm watching stuff, I could just see things coming when they're coming. Like, things ain't going right, then I just see where it goes. But, you know, Chase is a champion. I work with him, you know, and I know how good he is. And so, just like Ken, I know he can wax everybody's ass anytime he wants on there when he decides. So, I'm just calling it like I see it from the couch at home because that's exactly where I'm at. Actually, I was kind of in bed on this one. But I'm watching it just as a fan. And as a fan, like, I, I just see what I see. And so we'll see. I'm seeing two guys out there racing. Eli's confident. Cooper's confident. Justin, past history, got him on the box. Um, you know, Ken takes somebody out. And Chase, is, he's, he's coming, right? He's coming. So there was a lot of things going on, a lot of things. And I believe when Malcolm becomes a problem, It'd be a good thing for all of us. Like, you know, it's another guy that believes in there. Just like Cooper West becoming a problem. Just like, you know, Chase becoming a problem. Like Barsha. Like everybody creating problems. But the only problem is, is that Eli Tomac, he might got 99 of them, but winning ain't won. And as much as he won last year, and he won every damn thing possible. And Cole, you know what time it is. You know what time it is. He won everything possible. But then he came in this year and won something that he hasn't won before, which was like last week you know, or two weekends ago, round one, round three, whatever. Maybe the only problem he has is that he don't know if it's round two or round three. Maybe that's a problem. But I know what he won one and he probably would have won two, but he won three, which is two. So technically he did win two. And what he won on this show is hidden for him, Cole. Suntan, next on fire. Next on fire, Eli Tomac. Round two, San Diego, neck burn. We did it differently, but that's because dude was this damn good. And I think he's won as dominant as he has been. He's only won by like a total of like six seconds. 
And as dominant as he has been, he's still got like six points on there. And as dominant as he has been, he's still got that like pesky old mad looking Cooper Webb that getting madder every weekend. But he the champ. And dude looks good. So Eli Tomac can't even say enough about it. So I'm not going to say enough. My 50's done. I already gave it up. You can see you already gave it up. Like, whatever. I don't even care. All right, people. You know what time it is. Jet Lawrence, you look good. That was it. RJ, you did what you did last weekend. You look good. Smackadoo, you're still looking good. You look good. Everybody look good. So I ain't talking about that. But congratulations, Donut Boy and RJ. RJ, keep going, bro. You're going to win one. You know what time it is, people. Stews and stews. But we'll be back. We'll be, 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 we'll be right back after these commercials and breaks. What's up guys? It's your boy James Stewart. You see this shirt I got on? Now I know we all a family. We all will be coming out here. Everybody wants to be a part of Bubba's world. I want to be a part of it. But well, if you want to, make sure you click on this link because you can get this shirt. At least you can get this far. We got a bunch of things coming in the future, some exciting things. And I know you send in your videos. Maybe you can end up on the show that way. But if not, always make sure you get this pretty shirt, black and white, and some more coming soon. Click this link right here. Go get yours. All right, people, you know what time it is. My favorite time, your favorite time. Hell, a lot of his favorite times. Stew and stew. Now, as we always do, it's still the beginning part of the year. And this is round two, three, whatever you want to call it. We're going to start with the stew. We're going to get into it. Easy. What does that mean? A stew. Guy that did it better than everybody else. A guy that's just riding like the alien on my shirt, like Eli Tomac. And all we always do, we have the default. Of course, if you win the race, you become a stew. You, it just... 150 of these things, so I kind of know what a stew is, and this guy is getting close, and he's going to run past me if he keeps doing that. First stew, Eli Tomac. Why? Because he's Eli Tomac. Next stew, you see how quick that was? Because there ain't really nothing else to say. Like, I mean, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? The deuce just, he's, he, might be, he might be my brother. Hell, I don't know. He's got so many of these things. He might be Eli Stewart. Who knows? But he's definitely a stew. The next one, Cooper Webb. Yeah, last weekend, I was like, damn, like he was good. Or two weekends ago, he was good. I knew, I believed in you, Cooper. You believed in it. But this weekend was another level. And I think out of all people, Eli might be stewed that you are a stew and you rode better this weekend and it's a problem. So I believe you're going to get a real stew here pretty quickly. Cooper Webb, you a stew and you're back because you're mad. You just look angry. So Used to. Next one, Justin Barsha. Now, this is going to be a little tricky one, people, because 
apparently he stewed some other people off or or whatever. I mean, he got taken out. Then he took somebody out. But I just think the way he was last weekend, like jumping his ass off track, come back. And then because past history, whatnot, you just got to like sometimes you might not be the best. You you might not be the fastest, but you figure out how to do it. And that to me, that's a stew. doesn't matter how you do it. Just how you do it. On there, don't matter how many times, it just matter how many times it goes in, right? That's you know our golfers. Maybe I didn't say it right, but I said it in Justin Barsha, you a stew for doing that. Jet Lawrence, of course, you a stew, RJ, you a stew. But we're talking about 450 class people. So Eli Tomac, I ain't saying nothing else. Cooper Webb, because it's 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 Cooper and Justin Barsha because he's just taking people out and getting taken out. But then he Realized he was like, I don't even know how to, he got it, it, it. That's how it was. The whole thing was confusing. Justin Barsha, good job. Third place. Now, the next list, people, stewed. Pissed off. Pissed off because you got taken out. And then, like, you're like, I should have, I, I thought I could have came back up, but then I just didn't come back up. That was somebody out there. Pissed off because you got taken out. And then you, somebody's yelling at you. Like, you, like, wait. I'm confused. Like, this dude said I came up to him and I started this, but he took me out. So I'm going to repay the favor by taking somebody else out. Stu, because you just got blasting, whatever. First one, Jason Anderson. Now, am I pissed off that, like, like, I don't even know what the hell happened to you. Like, I don't get it. It's something about the San Diego. I don't know if it's too close to the border where you don't know if you're in United States and Mexico. I don't know. It's confusing. But we got smooth criminal 2.0. You get taken out or you take him out, but you're stewed because like, I, I don't know. And you call somebody a bitch like on there. You should be stewed because you shouldn't be tweeting, right? Like you should not be tweeting in the, between the middle of the races. Simple as that, right? Simple as that. So you to because you got to realize like, damn, I shouldn't have tweeted. And I know all of us out here, like uh, they played it on TV. We want to see it like, cool. I was like, whoop, 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 whoop. Not really because I was sleeping, but I'm sure we was all happy to see it. But you're going to be stewed because dude ended up beating you anyway on there and you took him out. I know it was the heat race, but at the end of the day, like you end up going down and then all this stuff was for nothing. And then at the end of the day, he has the last laugh on the podium. Now, Justin Barsha. We got a double stew. You end up on the stew and then you end up on the stew list. How do you do that, people? Well, how do you do that? Because you know you in rehab. You know you're trying to be good. You said, like, look, I couldn't help myself. But then this whole offseason, I went back and I changed. I changed, people. Like I said, I wasn't going to go for that front end. But then when they started going for my front end, I had to go for Chase's front end. And then I hit him. And then, you know, I whatever happened. And then I get blamed. For getting knocked down. Well, how's that make sense? I know I knocked some people down in the past. I know I went for front ends, but this weekend I was trying to be good. And this dude's gonna take me out. And I thought he was gonna say, good race. I thought he was gonna say, I didn't have no problem with that past. Why? Because I've changed, people. I've changed. I went through that mental change. And then AMA gonna come up to me and say, like, oh, you gonna do this, what happened, what happened, all that. So I'm pissed because I'm trying to do the right thing. And I'm like, then I'm getting yelled at anyway. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to go back to being what, who I am. And I'm going to go for a front end. And unfortunately, Chase saw that. And he felt the wrath. So Justin Barsha, you pissed because you don't know what to do. 
You don't know if you should go for a front end or not go for a front end. But when you don't go for it, they go for my front ends and I still get blamed anyway. And I got to go up on the podium and ask for it. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what he's talking about. So either something's wrong or that is a smooth criminal point 2.0. Either way, you on the stew and you on the stew list for that. And Chase Sexton and Malcolm Storm putting y'all all in a bunch. Why? Malcolm, you might have had it this week. You was feeling the fever. It was cold, but it got hot. It was hot because the fever was on there. And Chase Sexton, you're like, damn, I'm here. And then Varsha, he went for it. He fell back. He relapsed. Went from our front end. And I got taken out. But you know what? Hell with it. You can take him back out or you can't. Whatever. Malcolm, get up. You, you're fine. I'd rather see you do that because I know you're trying. So, anyways, Justin Barsha, Jason Anderson, Chase Sexton, Malcolm Stewart, those are your stews. Eli Tomac, Jet Lawrence, RJ, Barsha again. Who else? There? Oh, yeah, that's right. The Cooper Webb. Those are your stews and stews, people. All right. I will see y'all next week. Sorry, maybe show a little bit off. Cole, he hasn't said too much because he's tired too. He just went from West Coast, East Coast, like far East Coast, which we'll see him pretty soon. Shout out. Shimoda! Had to get it going. But until then, we'll see you around three, four, four, five, whatever they are. We'll see you in Anaheim too. That's where they're going next, right? Anaheim, at least I got that part right. I held my own people. I did my best. Big shout out to the Hilton people for letting me going out. All the LPGA players, they were awesome. Tournament was awesome. We'll explain that on the podcast when we get to it. But big shout out to those guys. But y'all know where I belong. I belong here on the Rewind Show. So I'm here for y'all. Good job, Eli, Jet, everybody else. I'll see you in the next week. Where we do it every week, Tuesday at 5 p.m. We'll see you then. Oh. Thank you.